Welcome everyone to the Music Teacher's Survival Guide by Musico. I'm Dr Nick Parnell and on today's episode we will be discussing how to best prepare your choir or band for competitions and in particular the generations of jazz competition. I'm delighted to be joined today by one of Australia's finest and most versatile vocalists, Sally Cameron. Sally is a multi-aria award-winning singer who has performed with The Idea of North, Guy Sebastian, James Morrison and of course in her own right. As well as being a brilliant performer, she's also a highly respected educator and has been involved in the Generations of Jazz competition many times. Welcome Sally, how are you? Hi Dr Parnell, I'm good thank you, good to be here. Now, many people um, would have seen you over the years with performing with the Idea of North, and um, I've had the great pleasure of being to a lot of your concerts. Um, now, you've moved on from them in recent times. How long ago did that take place? It was about four years ago now. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, but interesting um, time for me, leaving Idea of North and then, you know, being a musician... Um, you know, Idea of North was such a incredible decade of my life and, you know, everything uh, changes when you then um, go and be a soloist or start lots of different projects. I think um, when I was with Idea of North, really 100% of my music life was about Idea of North and um, because... It, it had to be, you know, for all of us. We had to put all of that into it. Um, there wasn't a lot of time really for other musical adventures. So there's been a huge array of things for me, uh, musically speaking, and life events also since then. Yeah. And you recorded quite a successful um, solo album after you left, didn't you? That was one of the first projects I thought, look, I've just, I've got to do this. And um, I have always loved Christmas music. And I thought, what better place to start than a Christmas album? Um, and it turned out to be a big band album. Um, and I, I had eight different musical arrangers from Adelaide and Melbourne and they just wrote these incredible arrangements that I was so, so delighted to sing and the recording process was super fun. Lots of, you know, different musicians involved. And Yeah, well, it's a great album and um, I'll be pulling it out um, <laughs> at Christmas time yeah, again yeah. and um, putting it on. <laughs> Now, at this time of year, many schools are preparing for the Generations in Jazz competition. Yeah. Um, you have been involved in it. Um, can you give us a quick rundown of what what is it, what it's all about? It's a humongous festival of jazz um, for high school students in Australia. And it is. it just has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year. I used to go when I was in high school and it basically was one group of big band. Uh, big bands from Adelaide and Melbourne mostly, every now and then people from Perth. Um, but it has just grown so much now. There are multiple divisions and then those divisions are divided and the solo um, James Morrison scholarship runs as well and the vocal uh, ensemble section that was added um, during my time in Idea of North has yeah doubled the amount of kids that go down for it. Um, so it's um, an incredible time for everyone involved and quite a challenge I think musically for the students which is 
awesome and I just I know that everyone just gets so much out of it mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. down at Mount Gambia down the bottom of mm-hmm. South Australia yep. so um, uh, is it a big paddock is that what I pretty much yeah 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 Yes. A bit like Woodstock. Wow, <laughs> that's great. Um, all right. So at this point in time, there's a lot of schools around the place that are practicing with their choirs, mm. getting ready. Um, what are what are the general sort of requirements of the vocal section? Um, are there, you mentioned there's different categories. Can you expand on that a bit? Yes. So uh, the Division One is the most difficult and then it um, gets a little bit simpler um, as the divisions go on from there. Some of them are a cappella, which of course is more challenging than playing with a band or with a recording. Um, And I suppose the more difficult ones will have more parts, more harmony parts, um, might have some improvisation involved. And um, there's a set piece written for each division every year so the new compositions um, and they are specifically written to test certain elements of jazz in your choir so um, and then other than that the choirs will choose their own piece as well to perform okay um, in your opinion what makes a great vocal performance hmm. I think there are a number of things that make a great vocal performance the thing that singers have, I suppose, that intr- instrumentalists don't is lyrics. And so, therefore, the lyrics are very important. They have to be delivered in a fantastic way. You know, you have to be able to tell a story. Um, and I feel like that side of things is often missed, actually, with choirs because, and maybe especially in this instance, because they're being. Uh, tested their skills on on so many things that are really really challenging musically they kind of um spend all their time trying to get the notes right trying to get the rhythms right and that kind of thing whereas the performance still has to include that x factor if you will that you know that delivery of the story so how do you get the students doing that firstly you need to get the students to learn their music off by heart as soon as is humanly possible. I put very high expectations on my choristers to just get the note learning out of the way because it has to be off by heart. Um, And then it's the work that comes after that that is the most important. It's, you know, the musical um, elements that you bring in to make the performance excellent. So the dynamics and swing feel or different, Jazz feels, I suppose, is another thing that probably doesn't get worked on enough. Um, And, you know, it depends on the level of your choir, obviously. Some choirs are really just trying to learn the parts. And some of these um, test pieces that are written are really challenging. So it can take a long time to really just get that done. But um, I think if that work is put in in the beginning and they are really familiar with the song then the energy can really be spent on okay well do we need to add any choreography here should we be adding some body percussion should we be clapping or clicking um how can we put our stamp on this yeah so how how long in advance would um you pass on the music to the students and and start rehearsing prior to a competition um i guess six months 
um, really is the minimum. And I think that's why um, when we were, you know, as the composers and people in the back end of the festival putting the set pieces out there by sort of October, November, so that, you know, all the schools had them and they could really start learning before the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, I know a lot of choirs will sort out their choir that begins in the beginning of term four, so not waiting until the following year um, because, you know, putting your choir together can take a number of weeks with auditions and whatnot and then, Mm. you know, you sort of fall weeks and weeks behind. So I think definitely um, before the year is finished and then... Um, coming back fresh for term one. And, of course, it's been incredibly disruptive again this uh, year with COVID yes. and many students been away from rehearsals, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, probably the recorded individual parts for for singers would be the fastest way to um, help them learn that if they're not going to be able to be in the classroom um, as often. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned before... Um, about developing a great swing feel. You know, that's one of the elements that might be applicable to some of the pieces. Yeah. Say you had that problem, you had a choir and, and they just weren't swinging at all. What would you do to help them develop that better? There are a number of things. <laughs> and, of course, this isn't one of the things that just happens quickly. This is, yeah, but it, it can be taught. I have seen it happen. Um, listening, listening to... Um, you know, giving giving them examples and uh, recordings that they can um, sort of absorb. Who's your go-to? Is there, like, any particular singers that you point your students to? Um, Ella, always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, yeah, I think, say you're in, you know, you're in 4-4 and um, getting them to feel two and four, getting them to click on two and four can often be a really big step um, for for students. So that's a good place to start. And just starting to include jazz warm-ups as well and those kind of, yeah, in, in that part of it. So you're not always just um, warming the students up in a classical manner and then going, okay, well, now let's, let's do jazz. And what are some of the common downfalls that you hear in a lot of school choirs? Uh, Well, we've talked about a couple of them already. Definitely swing feel is something that when I was adjudicating, if if a choir could deliver that, um, I would be thinking, okay, great. This is is amazing. Give them a lot of points. (laughs) There's that. um, And like we talked about already, the delivery that is often missed. I think some of the mistakes could be um, a little bit too much choreography, um, choreography, choreography as we call it in the biz, um, can really add something. But if it's too much, it can take away. And if it's really interrupting the singing, then, um, yeah, we've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> so I've worked with a lot of choirs um, around Australia in the lead-ups to – GIJs every year and um, sometimes there'll there'll be circumstances where I say okay I love you know the energy that you're giving the choreography you're doing is awesome we do just need to pair it back a bit here (laughs) you know and um, especially I think moving your feet so much because it's that can be really noisy on the stage Um, so I think simple is 
best uh, because you're not getting judged on your dance moves. <laughs> um, so that that's another thing, I guess. Mm. But yeah. I guess how you look and how you come across with your, you know, what we, I guess, refer to as stage presence mm. is a factor in... Mm in the overall performance and would affect the results a little bit. Yeah. How do you – say you had a choir who was very timid. Yeah. And they just stood very still and kind of – they were a bit, bit tight. Mm. How would you help them to develop a sense of presence and – relax into the music more yeah that's definitely a physical thing isn't it in the rehearsal just trying to get them to loosen up I suppose just keeping everything fun and I would say specific moves for a choir like that I'd say right do this now you move your head that way and you move your arm that way because sometimes I think we just say to them at the end like oh you've learnt you've learnt this and now it's time to go on stage remember to smile and remember to look like you're having fun that's not enough that is not enough time spent <laughs> on that side of the performance mm. they're not going to just do that they have to practice that they have to practice smiling when they're singing they have to practice bringing that energy when they're singing in the rehearsal you can't mm. say that to them when they're walking on stage and expect that that's going to happen because everything in music in my opinion just takes practice to get better at it that's one of that's one of the things yeah with the idea of north did you guys ever um work out particular sort of moves on stage or was it all just kind of very natural and just (laughs) happened oh yeah no there were like full dance rehearsals with mirrors and everything (laughs) um yeah i think especially in the earlier days um when i joined there were actual moves to learn I think throughout the decade that I was there, we we sort of relaxed that a little bit and we kind of had our own little style and um, we would just kind of let that naturally evolve, I guess. So, yeah. It's clearly what I've been missing in my performances. Yeah. <laughs> I need to pull out the mirror and work out some dance moves. Yeah, yeah, it could help. <laughs> and I guess what about uh, microphone technique? I assume that down at the Generations and Comp- uh, Generations and Jazz Comp, they are all using mics for mm. the performances. Mm. What do students need to know about using a microphone? Mm. It's so hard every year um, because there there's a little sound check time, and I think don't be rushed in that. Ask for what you need. Make sure if there's a backing that the students can hear it. Um, don't just rush in to say, oh, everything's fine. Everything will be fine. Make sure. Just like give them that time. Um, soloists always need to be right on the microphone. Um, it's always easier for a sound engineer to turn you down than to turn you up. Um, yes, I mean practice on microphones as well especially if they're going to have to hold them um and yeah if you can practice with them as much as you can in rehearsal so that it just feels more the norm Mm, more natural Mm. you've judged the competition many times Mm. um what do you think um the judges are really looking for in a performance well there will be certain little traps set (laughs) that sounds horrible doesn't it in the set pieces um that i think before we ever see it performed we know um that some choirs are going to nail and some may not 
Um, I think definitely that element of performance for me was I was always just just looking for that, you know. Um, and I guess an, an all-round performance with heaps of energy where you can tell that every individual in the choir is really playing their part. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Great. And what about warm-ups? What's a good warm-up for a choir to do before they perform? They all get a very specific warm-up time and schedule. <laughs> you oh, know, yes, okay. you head to this room and you can warm up then at that time. And um, Yes, yeah, so we make sure that happens. Um, also, because it's freezing down there often and some of the choirs are performing at, you know, 8 a.m., I would say make sure, I mean, you can't make them sleep. <laughs> you can try and that would definitely help for the morning's performance but um steam because the cold weather can often be really dehydrating on the vocal cords so i would always get them to breathe steam before we start warm-ups and just start really really gently um yeah how long would a typical vocal warm-up go for um i think you want to spend 10 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. really and not over-sing, yeah. Mm. And I guess lots of coffee if you have an 8 a.m. performance. <laughs> I don't be, know. No, no, for the teenagers. That would be very essential <laughs> for the me. Yeah. The teachers probably, yeah. Um, that's great. And Sally, finally, what's your, I guess, one top tip for choir directors out there working in schools, trying to get their choirs better? What, what, what's your one, one piece of gold advice that um, you can share with us? Oh, look, how to choose one. It's, I think if you can get the choristers to understand that they need to be individually responsible for all of the elements going on. Learning the notes is just the beginning. And then they all have to be responsible for keeping the pitch. They all individually have to be responsible for keeping the tempo, for the swing feel, for having, you know, bright faces that are going to deliver this wonderful story that they're telling. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really the difference is when you see a choir that maybe has a one or two singers that are really into it and the rest of them are just kind of following, you can't have those passengers. They have to be individually responsible. So I think instilling that in them is um, the best way to go. Mm. And um, just changing the topic, I believe you have an addition in your household in recent times. The dog. <laughs> do you have a child? We have two children. Two yes. children, yeah. Uh, they're one and two. Okay. So, yeah. so are you, you know, teaching them to sing at this point in time, training them up from a young <laughs> Absolutely. Age? How could I resist? Um, my one-year-old is very affected by music. He will dance to the worst singing by anyone who will just give him the time of day immediately just a couple of seconds and he's into it two-year-old sings all day long and yeah is just now starting to really nail some notes which is really exciting <laughs> i can't help but feel proud well that's good well you just make sure you get them on that steam early in yes. the morning so they don't damage their <laughs> vocal cords all right thank you so much sally for coming in and uh, sharing your, your your you know your great wisdom and advice with us all thanks everyone for listening please check back here soon we've got more great content coming in the next episode 
of the Music Teacher Survival Guide by Musico. I'm Dr. Nick Parnell. See you next time.